Welcome to Literary Speaking with Crystal Lee Quibell. Literary Speaking is the author's guide to writing and publishing, sharing tips and tricks for aspiring authors. Crystal Lee's expert guests will bring you the latest information on how to write and publish your book into being. Are you ready to tell your story? Here's your host. Welcome to Literary Speaking. I'm your host, Crystal Lee Quibel, and today we're speaking with Susan Shapiro. Susan is an award-winning writing professor at NYU and the New School, freelancer for the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, LA Times, and Newsweek. She's also the New York Times best-selling author of 10 books, and her recently published novel, What's Never Said, is out now. Susan, welcome to the show. For having me. Thank you for being here. Um, let's just d- dive right in and talk about your book, What's Never Said. Originally, this was a true story taken from your own life, and you chose to publish it as fiction. Could you tell us a little bit a bit about why you chose to do that, being a nonfiction author? Sure. Well, first, I always say that writing is a way to take your worst experiences and turn them into the most beautiful, which I did in my first memoir, Five Men Who Broke My Heart, and that was I just had these hideous breakups when I was single from age 13 to 35, and I was able to turn them into a funny memoir where I re-met my top five heartbreaks of all time, and I asked them what really went wrong, and I sort of interviewed them to find out um, you know what what was going on, and I had blamed them, and then in the course of writing the book, I sort of figured out where I myself had screwed up each relationship. And somebody had said to me, you write best about sex and people you love, and so um, I always made a joke that, in Five Men Who Broke My Heart, I spilled all the secrets of my lost loves, but there was one story I could never tell, and that was this story, which was with a professor. And um, it was it, I never really thought it was going to be easy to write about because we know a lot of people in common, and he's well-known. And also, truthfully, it wasn't really all that dramatic. It was, you know, we were involved for a couple of years. It didn't work out. Um, you know, the relationship ended, and then I bumped into him at a party 30 years later, and he seemed to not remember me. And that was the whole story. So it wasn't it wasn't really dramatic enough to make into uh, a memoir, but I started writing about that scene because I really freaked out and thought he didn't recognize me, and uh, it, it just really was very um, hurtful, and, and I wrote about it for my writing group, and someone, they're very, very critical, my writing group, but somebody in the writing group heard it and said, wow, you should have gotten old and bitter a long time ago because this rocks. <laughs> so there was something about the, um, you know, re-meeting an old lover. I was, you know, I just turned 50, and re-meeting him and having him not remember me or not recognize me, and I thought... Um, I wanted to write more, so that's how it started. Wow. I'm dying to know, did the real-life Daniel, the character in the book, receive a copy of the book, and have you heard from him? No. 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 Wow. No, I do a lot of um, nonfiction, so I'm not... I'm not really looking for trouble, so mm-hmm. I change with, you know, I have a lot of lawyers that I work with at Random House and Penguin and different publishers, yeah. so they basically explain to me, um, you know, what we ch- we change names and details and stuff like that, and I'm not, I mean, if you read the book, it's kind of a, um, you know, a love story written 30 years later, so I'm not looking to trash anyone, but yeah. if I could help it, I never would, um, I would probably never show people my um my work in advance we have a joke in my family which is that um well critics think my nonfiction's better than my fiction and my family says all my nonfiction is fiction <laughs> and i tell my students my rule is the first piece you write that your family hates means that you found your voice oh i love that so there's a lot of people in my life who haven't been thrilled with my work so i don't send it to the people that don't like it 
they're not my that's, audience. <laughs> that's good advice because I think for people writing memoir and nonfiction especially, there's a huge fear of what what will my family think or say. And yeah, I and know, it's, it's a warranted fear. And I do say yeah. to people, one of my rules for um, for any writing, but especially nonfiction, is that you have to question, challenge, and trash yourself more than anybody else. And Absolutely. the first assignment I give my students is write about your most humiliating secret in my um, feature journalism classes. And the biggest mistake people make is it'll just be a litany of what this person did wrong, what my mother oh. or my ex, ex-spouse. Or, and those are always really boring. Mm-hmm. So it's much more interesting if you delve deep into what you did wrong. Yeah, I really found reading what's never said, you know, you gave you wrote from both perspectives, from both Lila and Daniel. And so it was really interesting to see how both of them had a perception of how how the events occurred and how things led up to the breakup and um Right, so, so it was almost Rashomon, so they both saw it from different perspectives. Yeah, yeah, the reason I decided to do that was, first of all, I had two novels that were both, and in all my nonfiction, it's always told through the same voice, which is like a young Jewish woman in Manhattan, or she lives in the Midwest, she moves to Manhattan, and they're usually first person. So I decided that I wanted to do something different um, this time, and... Since I wrote my last novel, Overexposed, came out in 2010. And since then, um, just by coincidence, I wound up co-authoring two books um, by men that were in first-person men's voices. So I did a book, Unhooked, that became a New York Times bestseller with my addiction specialist, the guy who helped me quit smoking and drinking. And that was in his male voice, an older male in Arkansas. And then I recently did a book, The Bosnia List, which was from a young 30-year-old Bosnian survivor's voice. And what I found was that I had written so much in a man's head and a man's voice that I thought, boy, it would be interesting to try to do that. And so for this book, I decided to go third person and to alternate chapters, one inside the woman's head, one inside the man's head. And it was interesting to hear some people um, some people really like the um, the male character, and some people didn't like him, but they said as long as they understand him, then uh, then then that works. Yeah, it was I it was a juicy juicy read. Thank <laughs> I you. couldn't put it down. Thank you. Um in writing the story, did you feel there was an aspect of the process that was really therapeutic for you? I always think writing is therapeutic. Um mm-hmm. you know, and like I said, I feel like it's you know, it's very empowering because especially, you know, you want to write about drama conflict tension. So, again, you take the worst things in your life, the worst things you've ever experienced and you make them into the most beautiful. So in this case, here's a relationship that I really cared about that ended badly um, 30 years ago, and it it has just always lingered and been a little bit haunting, and, you know, to the point where if I see him, he either doesn't know me or he pretends not to know me. So that's sort of a sad ending, and so in a weird way, I feel like, you know, the same with Five Men Who Broke My Heart. So I've taken these bad relationships, and I think I've sort of twisted them into art and into something that, either gives people pleasure. Sometimes people say to me, I love it when younger people say to me that I help them because sometimes there's, you know, I, I um, repeat the wisdom that I've learned. So, for example, I just, you know, I had a brilliant shrink who said to me once that my problem was um, that my expectations in relationships were ridiculous. And she said to me, love doesn't make you happy. Make yourself happy. Then you find love. And probably in everything I write, I kind of throw that in because it was, that really helped me. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So yeah, so in a way it's sort of exciting to not only take my my mistakes that I've made in the past and humiliations and turn them into art which I love working on and then I make money from and then they're really fun, but then also to hear my students and younger proteges and people I don't even know email me with the addictions and the relationship stories and say, This really helped me or I related to it or this was fun and wise. So it feels like you know, this miraculous um, you know, reinvention of, of what really happened. Oh, I love that. Your story is begging to be told, but do you know where to start? Crystal Lee Quibell is dedicated to helping you achieve your book publishing dreams. Go to crystalleequibell.com. That's crystalleequibell, Q-U-I-B-E-L-L.com, and sign up for Crystal Lee's newsletter today. Welcome back to Literary Speaking. I'm your host, Crystal Lee Quibel. We're continuing our conversation today with author, NYU professor, and New York Times bestselling author, Susan Shapiro, about her book, What's Never Said, her writing practice and advice for new writers, and what it takes to get your work published in popular publications. Welcome back. Susan, did you experience any moments of writer's block while writing your book or when you're writing articles to submit to popular publications? Well, I had a mentor, a best-selling mentor, who wrote many books a long time ago. And when I once said to him that I had writer's block, he said to me, plumbers don't get plumber's block. Don't be self-indulgent. You know, if you Mm -hmm. want to be a serious writer, get to work every day. And he said to me, a page a day is a book a year. Wow. And that really stayed with me. And Mm -hmm. so basically the way that I switch my writing life around is I write every day. And um, I, my assignment to myself is at least a page a day. Sometimes it's more specific. It's rewrite this chapter or, um, you know, finish this essay or, you know, so I give myself an assignment every day and there's no choice, you know, and, and I actually think there's a lot of writers I know who sort of screw themselves up because they start writing and they think this has to be brilliant and they don't get it on the page or they get it on the page and they throw it out because it's not brilliant. And I always say to people that, you know, People say I'm very prolific. I've done 10 books in the last decade. And people say, what's the secret of your success? And I say, I'm not afraid to suck, you know, because my first drafts, mm. are not, they're not good. But they they don't have yeah. to be good. They just have to be on the page. I once in my writing group brought in some rough pages, and someone from the writing group said to me, I can't believe how bad those are. You know, like you're this New York Times bestselling writer. I can't believe that, you know, these pages are really so horrible. And he was sort of astounded. And I said, well, let me tell you something. You didn't bring in anything today and you have no books out and I brought in a bunch of pages today that were rough and I have 10 books out so I think there's a correlation yeah yeah absolutely. so I so I basically just I write every day whether it's good or bad I, I give myself an assignment I have to write and then I actually I had a fantastic shrink who really helped me with this but I have a really good system and I always say to writers get a good system like you can't really just sit in your house or in your basement and write something that you think is brilliant and send it to the New Yorker at three in the morning, like that just never works. So what I always say to people is get a system and my system included, I did my MFA, you know, where I studied with great people um, and an undergrad degree, but, but take classes. You could take classes online. You can take a seminar um, in person at most universities, like study with um, authors you admire and, or start a writing group, um, which, and I have two really intense writing groups, 
Um, and also, you could you could pay ghost editors. So just for an example, you could pay a, new, a former New York Times editor to kick your piece into shape for the New York mm-hmm. Times. And and there's also great former agents and former editors who you could hire to work with to to put your manuscript into shape, which I've used a lot. So there's really all these different ways that you can have a system going, so that, which combats not only does it combat writer's block, it combats rejection, and it tells you exactly what you're doing wrong and helps you fix it. So luckily I've been doing this so long and I had great therapy and great mentors, uh, um, you know, who sort of taught me a good system that, um, you know, that really works beautifully now. Wow. You know, I I find I attended one of your workshops at a Writer's Digest conference and you were really adamant about hiring an editor and treating them well. Um, What's your advice on that when you're trying to submit to publications? Um, well, you know, every every genre is different and every writer is different. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily that you have to hire a writer. It's just that I meet a lot of people who say, um, oh, in the last four months I just finished my novel. I wrote and finished a novel. Give me the name of agents to send it to. So yeah. that, that, that very, very rarely does that work. And so usually if somebody says that to me, I ask them a lot of questions, which is did you workshop this with, uh, a, you know, a novelist who – um, you know who's written, you know who's written similar books. Um, who's read it? Do you have advanced blurbs? Have you ever been published before? And if the answers all come back no, um, and the person doesn't want to take a class, you know, with a novelist who will read every mm-hmm. page and workshop it, or if the person doesn't have a writing group, you know, if all the, if all the answers are no, then I'll say, okay, well, if you could afford it, the quickest way to find out, you know, where you are with this is I know fantastic editors, um, ghost editors, who most of them were former book editors or former literary agents, and you can hire them and say to them, okay, is this ready to send out? And the Mm -hmm. usual answer, if it's someone that's never written a book before that's not in a class or a program, the usual answer is no. And if you send it out too quickly, you're going to alienate editors and agents who think this person doesn't really, you know, it's not really up to stuff. And so it's really just this brilliant, fantastic method. If if you don't have anything else, if you're not in a program, if you don't want to take an online class, if you don't have a writing group, if you don't know any published authors, that's another alternative. And I highly recommend it. And if anybody wants to um, email me, um, I always give out my email and my Twitter if Absolutely. anybody wants to. Yeah, I, I actually yeah, can definitely. recommend. I have because I think you have to be really careful who you hire, and I have a list yeah. of people that have different expertise. And so I have 90 students that have done books in the last 10 years with advances between 5,000 and 500,000 from some of the biggest houses. And I would say almost all of them, um, you know, followed a certain trajectory, and Ghost Editors is one of them. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, um, where can people email you and find you to get this information? Yeah, I'm on. It's uh, my Twitter is Susan Shapiro Net, and my email is profsu123 at gmail dot com. And I also have a, write, a writing book called Only as Good as Your Word: Writing Lessons from yes. My Favorite Literary Gurus, where I actually, you know, talk about each of the literary gurus I had over the years who helped me with you know, magazine, newspaper work, nonfiction, fiction. So I really have a lot of this written down. Um, You know, and I teach. I teach a lot of seminars and classes, and I take – sometimes I can take um, clients that are out of town, or I could recommend um, different classes. I actually have several several former students from Toronto – um, and different places in Canada. So it's at this point, especially with the Internet, it's very easy to find um, editors or, you know, online classes that you could take from anywhere. Absolutely. 
Susan, you've been extremely successful publishing 10 novels. You've made the New York Times bestseller list. You're a successful freelancer, and you also teach a popular writing program at NYU. Do you think if you could go back in time and tell your early writer self something, what would be your advice for her? Um, well, by the way, I, I have most of my books are nonfiction, so I have three mm-hmm. novels out, but I've mostly done nonfiction. And right now, I'm a um, I work at the New School. Um, I'm a graduate of NYU, and I have taught there also. Um, if I were to give myself advice, well, actually, it's interesting. One of my mentors who wrote a lot of books said to me early on, do books faster, because I spent quite a long time, more than 20 years, mm. doing newspaper magazine work. And yeah. even though I loved it, it turns out that I love books more, and they're mm. bigger, and you get uh, you know, if you do it right, um, you get paid a lot more, and they last forever. And I, I wish that I wouldn't have spent as long doing short pieces. And interestingly, a lot of my, I help a lot of students and proteges and people who take my classes and seminars get published faster because I was really writing professionally for 23 years before I was finally able to break into books. And had I known everything that I know now, I would have been able to do it much sooner. I just didn't really understand the market or how you go about selling a book. I basically mm-hmm. did everything wrong for a lot of years. And it's funny, they yeah. say you're supposed to write the book you wanted to read and take the class, teach the class you wanted to take. And so yeah. I call my classes the um, the instant gratification takes too long <laughs> method where the goal of the class Love is that. usually to write and publish a great piece by the end of the class and it's because it took me so many years to figure it out so again what's so great about um, teaching writing is that I get to take all my mistakes and humiliations and the horrible stupid ridiculous ways I went about doing it and now that I understand what I did wrong I can now boil it down um, and and teach people how to do it much faster. In fact, I do five week classes, and and many many students, you know, can get published in the New York Times or Marie Claire, a great place, in five weeks. And I even do a um, how to sell your first book seminar. And I've had people who've just taken like a three hour seminar and been able to, um, you know, then figure out a way to publish their book. So it's so again, it, what's so great is I get to sort of recycle all my ridiculous mistakes into something helpful. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I think it's definitely a learning process, and there's so much to take in, and it's just amazing that you're able to teach these kind of classes. I love the title of the class. Even. <laughs> so how do people, how are people able to, re, do they just contact you to sign up for yeah, the class? Yeah, people email me, and I can okay. recommend either classes or seminars, and also I, I know tons of great editors and um, ghost editors and former editors and agents who teach classes online and uh you know and of course you know there's there's just some basics like read what you want to be writing and try to take classes and seminars from someone whose work you admire so i have all Mm -hmm. kinds of um i write about it in um only as good as your word but i have all kinds of good publishing book karma stories but really if you google me there's so much stuff that will come up um and a lot of it is you know for writer's digest a lot of stuff that i've written about you know just ways to get started just for an example the best way i've ever seen to get somebody started on a writing career is write an essay a three-page double-spaced essay on your most humiliating secret and i have so many students that have not only gotten into the best publications in the country on that theme but also launched books in fact i think you said you're having on aspen Madis girl in the woods she yes. was a yeah fantastic memoir that's a bestseller in canada now and she was a student in my class who launched her book the memoir girl in the woods with a humiliation essay that ran in the new york times modern love column so so it not only is it doable it's so exciting yeah. when it happens 
Yeah, that sounds fantastic. I mean, we'll be having Aspen on next week, so I'm excited to speak with her. And she speaks very highly of you. She even yeah, dedicated. So she, yeah, she dedicated the book to me. She launched her book with three pieces in my class. So I always say to people, if you have a book idea, 300 pages yeah. is daunting, but start with three pages. Three double-spaced type pages can change your life. Oh, absolutely. That's great advice. What What do you think your advice would be for first-time authors writing their book? Um, really, launching a you know the easiest way to launch a book is is do yeah. it with three pages. So, for example, yeah. whether it's a novel, self help, nonfiction, memoir, if you could write a great three page piece and mm-hmm. sell it to a major newspaper, and it literally could be anywhere from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, um, it could be the Toronto Star, it could be Slater Salon, um, one of the women's or men's magazines. A lot of times, if you can publish a great three page piece editors and agents will read the three-page piece and contact you. So mm. even if your your goal in life is not to do short pieces, is to do a book, it's the greatest way to launch a book because it often takes six months to find an agent or an editor. But if yes. you publish something great um, you know, in a visible place, you'll get like Aspen, for example, she asked me what's the quickest way to launch a book, and I told her uh, the New York Times Modern Love column is sort of famous for it has, uh, I think, 45 books or so have been launched from there. And because wow. editors and agents just read the Sunday New York Times, and it's just you know it's just a really big fifteen hundred word essay. So she did it, and seven editors and agents contacted her just from the essay, and one of the agents became her agent, who sold the book to the vice president of Harper Collins, who had read the essay. So wow. really, it's it's kind of you know it's just kind of a a fantastic shortcut. I mean, obviously you still have to write the book and you still have to make the book great, but if your goal is to get external interest from the publishing world. I would say there's no better way to do it than to launch, you know, to launch a book or, you know, or a project or even a writing career. So, you know, three pages, three double-spaced type pages can really change your life. They have to be damn good, so I would say don't write them at 3 in the morning and then send them to the New Yorker. You definitely have to get feedback, you know, get criticism and, and maybe rewrite a few times and know the yeah. right person to send it to. But that's all, you know, you can learn that in one seminar. You know, that's pretty easy to learn how mm-hmm. to do. But so really three pages is a, is the perfect way to start, I think. Wonderful. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. Susan, you've received great reviews online for your book. What's the message you'd most like readers to take away from what's never said? Um, I would say romantically the message I would want them to take away is that I think everybody has a lot of potential soulmates and partners out there. And I think early on in my life I was very romantic and intense, and I think I would – I'd fall in love with one person and I would just think this is the only person in the history of the world that is ever going to be right for me. And then if it didn't work out, I just thought life was over. And the story is really about, you know, a love affair that was real and important and intense, but it didn't work out. And it turns out it was good. It didn't work out because there was actually somebody better for each of the, there was somebody Mm -hmm. better out there for, for, for the characters, even though the love was real and that's what was confusing. So I would say I fix up a lot of, I have about 30 marriages I fixed up. I actually wrote a book about it. And I would say that's one of the things that I say to people is I think that, you know, there could be a lot of different people for you, maybe at different stages of your life. So, um, and and it's interesting because I actually give the same feedback for writing, which is sometimes somebody will be working on a book for 22 years and they're just obsessed with it. And sometimes you kind of have to walk away or sometimes there's another book project there. So I guess I've done a, a lot of therapy, which has just taught me that um, sometimes you have to, you know, move on and have a little bit more of an expansive view and realize if something isn't working, there might be a reason it's not working. And 
the trick in my life has always been to get a mentor or guru or great shrink to help you to talk it out mm-hmm. and then to figure out, you know, a better step. What's your next step? And I always say to people, um, you know, it's funny, there's a, there's a great line in writing and love, which is you could do anything as long as it works. Yeah. Um, but I also say to people with writing, especially, that no never means no. So even if, mm-hmm. I think with writing or love, if you get rejected or you feel like a failure, it's not going to work out, that doesn't mean it's over. It just means you have to reinvent. You you have to um, look at things with a different perspective. I love that. It's really true what they say, you know, sometimes rejection is protection, right? And there's there's always something Right, and there's a great line, which is when one door closes, another opens. I do think that I do think that there's ways that you could make it easier for yourself, you know, and again, having a writing teacher or a mentor or a great shrink, somebody who you look up to and trust, um, I think is a great, uh, that's a great way to go. Also, um, one of the things my shrink said when I was going through addiction, which really, really helps me, is he said his advice for me to keep being successful and to um, be, stay clean and sober, he said to me, lead the least secretive life you can. And that I found that to be extremely helpful. Especially you know, so a lot when it of people memoir, <laughs> memoir, and also you know, even in terms of your own your yeah. own psychology or relationship problems, people yeah. I have found because I'm from sort of a conservative family in Michigan, and people keep things bottled up and they're afraid to talk about them, and they think they're the only person. And you know, there's that there's great line: "I'm um, you're only as sick as your secrets," which is sort of an AA line. But so Absolutely. so finding someone that you could talk it out with, and sometimes even the writing community is great for that because if you take a writing mm. class. You know, uh, either whether it's poetry or memoir or novel, but you, you know, it's really a place, you know, you, you have to find a space where you can open up and experiment and, and deal with stuff that's been difficult for you. And, um, and again, you know, a great teacher could really, um, or a mentor could really uh, change your whole outlook and career. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Well, Susan, thank you so much for being on the show. I had so much fun talking to you today, and I'd love to have you back again to discuss oh, more to. about the book world. Susan Shapiro can be found online at susanshapiro.net. Her book, What's Never Said, can be purchased online in bookstores near you. I also highly recommend Only As Good As Your Word, writing lessons from my favorite literary gurus, also by Susan. Please make sure you order your copies, leave reviews on Amazon and Goodreads. These always help out our authors so much. Please join us next time on Literary Speaking for more tips and tricks on how to get your work published. Next week, we'll be speaking with New York Times bestselling author Aspen Mattis about her memoir, Girl in the Woods. I'm your host, Crystal Lee Quibble. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Literary Speaking with your host, Crystal Lee Quibell. To start discovering how you can begin telling your story, go to crystalleequibell.com. That's crystalleequibell, Q-U-I-B-E-L-L.com. And sign up for Crystal Lee's newsletter. Join us again next week for more advice from your favorite authors and publishing professionals.